There we go. We got it. Okay. We did it. We are in it. Okay. I did that earlier, but it didn't work. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh my God. So anyway, hello everyone. Oh my gosh. Welcome to another episode of this time around with this time, my guest and longtime friend, Dr. Marilyn Volker, sexologist. You're, you're a lot more than a sexologist. I think you are. I think you are. Oh my gosh. Hello. Hello, my friend. <laughs> and hello. It is an honor. It is an honor to be on your oh. podcast. And it's been an honor to not only be your friend, certainly, but to work with you for so oh. many times doing presentations. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I know I've told you um, that I have been in this um, wonderful like rite of passage of so many more um, feelings and experiences coming to the surface. So last week on my podcast, um, I did something and I called it Let's Get Real About Touch. I don't remember what the subtitle I put was, but I told them that I thought that in the next episode um, that you would be here and that maybe, you know, we would get to the four T's and the five kinds of touch or the eight types types of intimacy. And sure. I wonder, you know, one of the things that I've always been most amazed of as I've known you is how much you're really not just talking about sex you are really talking with people about relationships. Yes, and, yes, <laughs> and and connection, yes. because um, that part is how people connect with people in differing ways, differing ways. So um, when you were talking about the five types of touches, um, it's really amazing because when I ask people about it, because a lot of times, when they say intimate intimacy, people think only of sex. And in these types of touches, one can be um, observational touch, which is how does this feel to me, to you, to somebody else? How does it feel? And that's called observational touch. And one is called nurturing touch. And that can be giving or getting a massage, it can be touching hair or face or feet. <laughs> One of my patients said, ooh, I like feet, nurturing. So um, so nurturing doesn't mean has, you have to have sex. A lot of people told me also when somebody washes their hair. Oof. For them. That's, for yes. Them. For yes. That, ooh, that's nurturing. It, yeah. It, it, isn't that interesting? I remember reading the book by Amanda Knox. You remember when um, Amanda was held in the UK because they thought that she had killed that yes. woman in the college dorm or something. And she had this wonderful boyfriend at the time who was also accused. And it was horribly painful to me to know that they got separated and she got with someone else and moved on. But I always remember one of the things he did for her is he washed her ears. It was yes. just so such a sweet yep. thought. Yes, yes, and that's what that's what um, you know. 
exploratory touches because a lot of people wouldn't even think about that and how their body would respond in many, many areas. And that could be nurturing touch to her. It could have been um, a playful touch, playful mm -hmm. touch, clothes on, clothes off, whatever it is. Um, if you have an animal, I always say, do you have playful touch with an animal? And now we can go to four-legged or two-legged. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so playful. And then there's a sensuous. People always confuse sensuous touch. I can't say always, but many times yeah. they'll confuse sensuous touch with sexual touch. Sensuous of the senses doesn't have to go to sex or it might. But of the senses, what people like to hear, what some people like absolute silence. Other people like people to talk. Sometimes mm -hmm. they want to see something. Sometimes they, one woman said she wanted to sing while uh, getting all these touches. She wanted, wanted to sing. Not she, she wanted, wanted to. That's interesting. And mm -hmm. do you think that was a way of her letting go? Do you think that was a, yeah. That's Very clearly. Yeah. Because a lot of people in, in sensuousness, um, it sometimes helps relaxes them. Um, and she said it helped her relax because a lot of people said um, she was on a panel one time and she said, um, don't you get distracted if you're singing? She said, oh, no, 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 no. I get involved. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always remember involved because it allows me not to be distracted by other things. Uh-huh. So no. she knew that it was her way of, of getting even more in focus of the experience. Yes. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. So people, yeah. And, then, and then there is sexual touch. Yes, absolutely. And many people have to go through the getting aroused by some of these other touches. And other people are like, let's go. Let's do it. And <laughs> so... I can't make an assumption, but I sure have learned a lot about different types of touches. And um, so that part is really important. A lot of times people stop touching if they have um, other issues, mm -hmm. other things get in the way. Yeah, and sure. Some of them, some of them could be the eight types of intimacy. Did you talk about them? Not yet. No, no. And I do want to get to that. I wondered though, why do you think, boy, there's a train making a lot of noise, but why do you think that someone would want something very personal done to them? Like it could be the ears that I mentioned, or it could be a bath, or it could be when, if somebody was suddenly having to have those things done to or for them because of a debilitating circumstance or getting too old to be able to do it for themselves. What's the difference there between wanting it and not liking it? Oh. Yeah, that's a really good question. Because if somebody feels forced by age, circumstance, differences, and ugh, then I don't have a choice in that area, in that area. Mm -hmm. um, and that can make a huge difference that if they are choosing, they're choosing, I like this type of touch or I like this kind of connection. 
all right? And having a shower uh, or bath together or having someone wash your hair, that can be very sensuous. Oh, definitely. Oh, it also could feel sexual to some people. Absolutely. Their body could get aroused. Mm-hmm. They could even have uh, orgasms and they're not even having their genitals touched. So I wondered ears, about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the ears are, it goes inside the body. So one of the uh, patients that I had worked with called it ear sex. And really, really she liked because they were doing something called that body mapping in the touching let's start um and in sex therapy we start step by step by step so that each person sees where their body is at this point in time too and with the other person and how does their body respond so ear sex she said felt even more intimate than any kind of touch on the genitals because it was something she experienced with this special partner. And she didn't want everybody doing things in her ears, just this partner. Just that so, partner. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Wow. That's, that's fascinating. And you told me about a couple that said that they only did sexual touch. And when we started talking about this a couple of weeks ago, that they really yes. weren't, they weren't doing any other kind of touch and yes. how interesting and in a way sad, maybe, were they struggling? Yes. Were they having good sex? Well, it's interesting because, um, Debbie, people do not come to talk with me and pay me money to tell me how great their sex life is. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Yes, or to any of us who does counseling, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. So what they, I think they came because they thought we are not, and they used the word not normal. And then um, they felt, well, maybe there's other parts of our body after these years. So I think they were seeking something else besides, I'm not against genital touching, but they, I think, had a feeling that we're just going right there and there may be other parts of our body that can respond. And so we did the body mapping and that includes all these touching, okay? And how do people respond, what they like or don't like and when they really respond. Um, So a lot of people have said, I like to have a, a back rub or a face rub, however, I have to know that I'm choosing it, not mm-hmm, being forced. Mm-hmm. And so sure. part of that, um, not only conversation, but part of that exploration with them was um, what, what would you like to explore on your body or my body today? And so that part, what would you like to have in touches? So they tried a lot of things. I was very impressed with them because they went, many people stop having sex and for all kinds of reasons, mm-hmm. um, but they were wanting to explore and see how can we, well, find out about different touches, which I think is great, whether it's on yourself or with somebody oh, yeah. else. Wow. Wow. Well, yes. Yeah. And I think that observational touch is so important because 
there are many times that I think people sort of guess at touch and they don't want to admit that they aren't sure or that they feel awkward because they are somehow, they're afraid they're going to be judged as inadequate. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't, they don't even know what they like, or they don't want, you know, it's sort of like the old stereotype of the man that doesn't want to ask for directions when he's driving, yes. you know, yes. and they don't want to admit that, Hey, I'm not really sure. And I know I've had people touch me and I think, Oh, I wish they could pay more attention to how I'm touching them. They might know even more of what I like, because I think a lot of times people touch in a way that shows what they like. Yes. If, and and if, it, you, yeah. if you pay attention to that, yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I know when I was taking the sexology courses, because I was, <laughs> I was starting on a doctorate, my second doctorate that I started on that I decided not to finish Um, I wonder in a way about going back um, at some point. But anyway, um, one of the topics that came up was the idea that um, it was almost like talked about as something of the future to help people with boredom in the bedroom, to help people not be bored. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, yeah. And I wonder if, Part of that is because of relationship issues that get in the way, you know, like there's, I remember hearing a poem, a little poem once that said, I, I like you because I love you. Although, ah, and it, uh-huh. it kind of reminds me of oftentimes when people start hanging around each other, you know, in the beginning, it's like the magic. And then after a while, it's like, oh, you know, you have these agendas and I have these agendas and now you're on my case about that. And I wish you would do this and that. And how come you said, and, and, you know, it goes to this day-to-day conditional stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in those um, stages of what you're talking about, a lot of times at the beginning, it's, it's called the fantasy sex. It's Mm -hmm. called hey, this is new. I like it. You like it. And you must like me because you want sex or I must like you. And then you get into the relationship issues. Yeah. And if, if, if they're not worked on, then sex can become boring. And there's, an, there's another word it's called, okay, I got it, anhedonic, not pleasurable. Mm-hmm. It isn't that it's awful, but it could be just eh, yeah. eh. And that's true for me. We'll just do this, like taking out the trash. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And in fact, men can feel the same way too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never make that assumption because I've worked with two men together, two women together, people who have open or closed um, relationships. So I have to be careful not to uh, bring in. But that is one thing that a lot of... um, Men have said, I'm supposed to know, or if you fall into gender traps, okay, of, oh, I'm supposed to do my duty is, uh, I still hear that from some women, my duty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and, and yet, if that, if the whole body connected to the brain, heart in between, how it's um, 
felt and how it's expressed. Yes. Yes. So really? a, yeah. part, a part of what you're talking about is also the communication part of a lot of areas in the relationship. Yes. And sex is one of them where they can fall off the rails, I call it. You know, it just doesn't happen. And it's not going to happen in the same way, like, holy cow, like when you first met. No, it actually could become richer. Yes. And deeper mm-hmm. if you continue to do that exploratory types of touching these. And uh, because people people also change or they learn a lot about their bodies where they, it, they're willing to experience which I think is amazing. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. If they can also keep the, the nurturing and the playful and, mm-hmm. and, and to maybe, you know, find those ways of talking that move out of that sort of blame, blame and shame and all those things, uh, which can really take years for people. Oh. Yeah. Yes. And and many people have only been taught their life experiences. They've only been taught of sex or no sex, not about all these other types of touching Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. again, it could be with various people. Um, And I'm not even talking about an open relationship. I'm talking if somebody washes your hair. Ah, if you're giving somebody a massage. Wow. Yeah. Right. And that the giver or the receiver can really benefit from these touches that don't have to end in sex, but the body can respond. The heart and spirit can, wow, expand. Mm. And, uh, oh, so that kind of closeness. And I'm not against sex. I'm just saying that kind of closeness is sweet. It is sweet. Absolute. Absolutely. I have a, a friend who says that um, her husband wishes that she wanted it more and um, wishes that she, you know, really uh, was willing to get. And she said, I just like, it just doesn't work. And I said, but are you able to still be close? Are you able to still mm-hmm. like cuddle and feel that Mm -hmm. closeness and she said yes and she said that is all still really nice good excellent because that kind of of um and sometimes it's in the in the touches that sensuousness (laughs) um is important and how it feels close and cuddling there you know debbie there are now uh, parties called cuddling parties i have heard this yeah and the reason is because sometimes people are not wanting to just go i'm going to use the word hookup just because i met you some may but there are cuddling parties where they will get together and and if you know a group of people want to cuddle or one or two people and that's the sole purpose is to have that connection and not feel Oh, I have to have sex. And then how does that feel if you have a cuddle connection? And so that's one of the newest things that I have been reading and listening. I've heard of that. And they 
are, is it kind of like a rule that there is no sex? Is it kind of like, that's a baseline for those? Right. That, yeah, right. it's, it's right. like the nude sunbathing. I know people that have been a member of nudist camps and mm -hmm. they said, no, there is, it's not sexual. And they, they even told me, which was very interesting. They told me that there was one man there who's blind, who would go. And he was the only one walking around with an erection. Yeah. That's fascinating. It's fascinating yes. to me. Yes. The power of the imagination. Oh. You know, isn't that amazing? Yes. And, um, I, and they never said anything to him. Yeah, that's they. Well, that one thing is is healthy, is that his blood flow is working. Yeah, <laughs> his erections are about blood flow, <laughs> and, uh, and the fact that well, you brought up something because a lot of people have a lot of, as you know, mythologies and distortions, and and um, his his imagination, and also it means his willingness to take off his clothes. Wow. Oh, because, yeah. Because you also have to be, I'm going to say, face vulnerability um, about nudity. Yeah. And so, or what you've been taught about it. So um, I remember uh, the first time uh, when I was in California working on my doctorate, um, we went to, well, we went to many places. And one of them was a nudist household. We didn't have to be nude. And, but they said they always felt comfortable, but they had to face the people who were nude said we had to face the messages we were taught about bodies mm -hmm. and this is nasty. You cover it up. That was what one of them said. And so for some, it was very much healing um, from the messages or the experiences they had. So yes, yes, nudist beaches, yeah. Interesting, Amazing. very interesting. Yeah, because I remember a an audio tape that a professor had given me um, for a sexuality class. And it was some, I guess it was a doctor, but a group of people that worked together. And one of the things that they would do was have a woman particularly who would who was filled with a lot of shame um undress and you know like be on the table and mm -hmm. i don't know if she was being examined or not but a whole bunch of people that were that were in her life in one way or another were just there to watch and for her to to get kind of move beyond the fears and the judgments and things like that I mean, it's like there are people yeah. who cannot, who, I mean, it's one thing to prefer things in the dark. And then there are people who absolutely are afraid to be seen. They're just like, don't look at me. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And and I often wonder, um, you know, what kind of messages and experiences they've had about looking at bodies mm -hmm. and looking or examining your own body and um and what messages do you want to give yourself about your body 
Sure. You don't have to lay on a table if you don't want for people to examine. But then also um, it's getting comfortable if you do go to a doctor and get examined. If you do, it has to be somebody I hope would you would trust. And then if there's any hospital experiences, oh boy, there's sure. a lot of body you know, examinations and therefore um, how the messages we got about our bodies, about touch, about people seeing a nude body, all right? Again, very, it's very, very interesting. In some cultures around the world, people all go into the river together, nude, and they take a bath together. Oh. And, and so that's the message. Like, there's nothing nasty. Mm -hmm. We're all in here getting bathed. And it's so interesting to see cultures and messages. Absolutely. I, I thought about that and have thought that there probably are cultures where orgasm is just included in everything and it's okay. I mean, it's not taboo. It's yeah. just part of lots of things. It's yeah. probably done to babies to heal them, or it's done to, you know, it's just done as a part of, of soothing and being okay. Yes. 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 Some, some people, oh yeah, babies can have orgasms. It's a mm -hmm. muscle contraction. Right. Okay. And right. babies have orgasms and, um, and, and people can now sometimes people have negative experiences so they don't want to keep going mm -hmm. um and then um i worked with a young man who didn't want to go to ejaculation because he thought he was perverted uh, you know by himself mm. and that he needed to be with someone else which meant he really put himself in situations that he didn't always want right. for the experience, all right, of, of ejaculation, which is all about the prostate in a man's body. And you got the semen. And when it gets to the prostate, he will ejaculate. He will right. either out the penis or backward in the bladder, which is called retrograde. Sometimes it's a disease. Sometimes it's medication. And the joke among guys is, holy cow, now I'm back to pre-puberty. <laughs> so sometimes having a sense of humor about things as you're working on them yeah, um, can help. Can, can help. help. Yeah. yeah, especially if you're with people who have that <laughs> sense of humor when you're together on it. You mentioned something earlier about um, spontaneous orgasms. So I've wondered about this. Are there um, people, I, I know, I imagine there are with men, but women as well, who have them just by just by thought or feeling. I know it can happen in dreams, but even in the waking state. That's right. You are correct. Because I was, I was going to say, a lot of people have orgasms in a dream state. And they wake up and they've had a ejaculation or a vaginal orgasm or clitoral orgasm. In an awake state, some women have said, I get aroused again if somebody is, and then I ask them because that's where we do the body mapping. Um, if I get my hair washed, whoo, and I have these little 
Yeah. And she said mini orgasms, little mini orgasms. And um, she said, at first I thought, are we supposed to have sex? Am I wanting to have sex? No, it is your body getting aroused by a sensuous touch and nurturing. And your body is responding to that. And it could be masturbating, but it could also be any one of touches on body. And um, like the ear person, well, there are feet person who've had orgasms by Mm -hmm. feet being nurtured, touched. Wow. Fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by thoughts. And by thoughts. Why? A lot of people use fantasy as well. You know, what are you thinking about when somebody is touching your body like a massage or washing your hair? Are you are you focused on that um, experience and the sensuousness or the exploratory touch of it? Or do you go into a fantasy, which can also lead into that orgasmic arousal state? Sure. Are we learning some things about um, older people and the potential of um, either, I know we've talked a little bit, you and I, about older people and alternative ways if maybe the sexual isn't um, happening as much or how about the nurturing, how how about the sensuous, how about maybe it isn't sexual. Are we also learning about the potential for added enjoyment in older people of sex? Oh, sure, sure. Senior sensuousness, I call it. Senior sexuality, yes. If if one allows themselves to, one, not buy into the myth that it's just for the young, the beautiful, <laughs> and uh, shapely, no. It's, I think that as, and I'm going to say seniors, um, learn about some of the changes in their body, but what is the same? They actually can appreciate, appreciate, um, oh, how does this feel now? Mm-hmm. Now, if, if any, if there's any diseases or anything that changes also with age, like some men have to stand in order to ejaculate. And I always want to know, did you always have to do that? But a lot of older men will say, they like to lay down if they're touching, rubbing, okay, caressing. But in order to ejaculate, it's better for them to stand up. Okay, plan B. Standing yes. room only. <laughs> yes, yes. And I always like to see as people get older, the oldest couple I ever worked with was... A couple, one was 92 and was 90. Was and what? The I second was one? This young, I call it. Oh, 90. 80? 90. 92. 90 and 92. 92. And yes, they were the oldest couple I ever worked with. And I was this young, I call it a young kid compared to them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just was so interested because I could tell them step by step but I thought, what great role models. I hope I can be like them. If I live till 90 and 92, I hope I'd be willing to still see how my, and it's 
my body and my brain and my heart and my willingness. Yeah, and that's sure. All connected. Absolutely. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And some women have said they need to use, even though they might have used a vibrator, but they need might they may need stronger, they may need stronger um, experiences. So sometimes toys are brought in or vibrators at mm -hmm. later states. I mean, I know a lot of people use them in younger years, but some people, okay, what's your plan B as your body has shifted and changed? Okay, Interesting. Tissues, yeah. tissues can mm -hmm. change, vaginas can atrophy, clitorises can atrophy. That's why I said some men need to stand up. They may need more attention to the penis. They may need what's called here. I'll give you the medical name and then the name that people use. Venus O retention ring. Nobody oh. talks like that. That's a medical term. Most people say C-ring or cock ring. And if a guy's losing his erection, which could be young or older, um, he can put this ring on and it will keep the erection and and it could be a half erection, but it will keep that and he won't ejaculate until the ring is taken off. Not to be worn all night and not to use rubber bands. Someone oh, once God. asked me, I know, could I use rubber band? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. Mm -mm. And um, because that can hurt some of those muscles and veins um, that you want to keep healthy. But that, yes, we are learning a lot about older people um, because many of us grew up in a day and age where as kids, we didn't hear. But if we went through, oh, I'm going to say women's movement, LGBT movement, HIV, those are all areas um, that I was very blessed to be a part of. And so in all of those areas, people, if they were fortunate, got to be older. And so I learned a lot too, young well, and old. And I think there are some people who have added intensity as they get older, who is, where it's not weakening, it's actually strengthening. And I know I've heard of that being like for the empty nest people who don't have things to worry about. And yet I wonder what may be going on with the body that can add to greater height of um, sort of that ecstasy. I don't know, but it does seem like that. Could... That can happen because a lot of people even say when they retire, they have more time to focus, although not everybody's happy at first with retirement and others are relieved yeah. in retirement. Yeah. Yeah. that they have time they have time mm -hmm. and if they have uh, a partner they trust time and trust uh to see the team um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. touch talk time and trust oh. those are the four you know volker always likes numbers those it. are the four gear shifts i always ask people would you start a car or truck in fifth gear no. Why? It just, it's going to stall. Okay. Right. The, the trucker car has to be revved up before. Exactly. So, okay. And so that talk, touch, and those are those touches, time. And sometimes it takes longer and other times because you've rested, may not, and trust. That's mm -hmm. a very big one. 
Yeah. So Beautiful. if trust has been broken in early years, one may has to go, one may have to go and talk about that. Um, and if trust has been broken in a relationship and no relationship is perfect, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. relationship, uh, but to keep working on and communicate with boundaries, but talk, touch, time, and trust. I love Very, it. I love uh-huh. it. And you also did mention the eight types of intimacy. Would you go over those? Sure. I invite people. You do not have to be married, coupled, living with somebody in order to have intimacy, which most people think is sex. The first Mm -hmm. type is affection. Affection is how do you show affection for people? Is it talking? Is it cards? Is it um, uh, getting somebody their coffee or drink in the morning? Is it bringing home flowers or something that they like? Is it giving them a massage can be shown affection. So um, we have affectional intimacy and then social, doing things together. And with COVID, a lot of people stopped going out, but you can still have social intimacy in some safe places. So some people went out on their deck or went outside or took walks together, social intimacy. Or spent time on the phone. Thank you. There you go. Sure. And there's emotional intimacy. And that's telling feelings. And it's a check-in, which if you keep everything inside, it can come out sideways. Um, And so just like in businesses, you know, people will have monthly meetings or something like that. I always say, can you have a check-in with somebody you trust? Um, on a weekly or at least monthly basis, do a check-in. Um, it could be a counselor you're talking to. It can be a friend. It can be a spouse or partner. Absolutely, somebody you trust. So we have affection, social, emotional. And then there's something called intellectual. Um, one of the people said to me, I'm not a big intellect. And I said, you don't have to be. What do you like to talk about? What do you, do you like to share your work? Do you like to share a hobby, an interest? I like to talk about cats, she said. I went, all right, cats it is. And you talk (laughs) about cats and your friends will talk about something that they like as well, intellectual intimacy. I like. And then there's something called aesthetic intimacy. The teenagers sometimes call it the butt thing, Dr. V, the ass. I go, oh, okay. Aesthetic means sharing something beautiful. And that means what do you share with people that you really see as beautiful? Sometimes it can be like, oh, when we go making a meal together, some people think that's beautiful. Some people, when they listen to music together, Mm -hmm. oh, some people, when they go for a walk, okay, all right, or garden or do something. Sitting sitting and looking at or listening to the ocean. Oh, that's mine. <laughs> mm-hmm, I know. <laughs> you get mine. Yeah. That's exactly, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that part is um, important, aesthetic. Then comes spiritual, which may be religious, doesn't have to be. It could be religious. It could be similar values. Like, oh, both of us like to sit out and be in nature. 
Okay, that was what one couple said. Ah, okay. And they said, well, that could be aesthetic and it also could be spiritual. Could be meditating together. That would be, Thank you know, you. yeah. Mm -hmm. That is exactly, exactly. Um, and then comes the sexual intimacy, which could be holding, hugging, kissing, touching. It could start with any of those and cuddling. And it could usually involve something of the genitals of some kind. Although I've worked with people who have been paralyzed um, and their bodies feel different. So they have to find where on their body do they get aroused. And so um, that's important. Mm -hmm. If somebody doesn't have a partner and I've worked with 40 year old virgins for O. And sometimes we have a trained surrogate to work with them step by step by step. Surrogate meaning um, a, a person who's going to be a substitute, who's trained and is going to work in a triadic model with a counselor. Because once you go through these step by step by step, hopefully the patient will stay with a counselor and see, can I relate how do i relate to this step by step and do i want to invite somebody else into my life um as well and so i know you that's had, good talk you've had people that have needed surrogates who have been people that no one would ever imagine like i think you told me once you had a psychiatrist who needed a surrogate yes yes oh people can be very successful in a job, but in dating, mating, and relating in that way um, can be very stressful. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, I have. I've worked mm -hmm. with many people who had a cognitive difference, like autism or some, they didn't even have the word autism when I was growing up, but on the spectrum. And mm -hmm. they can be very bright in other areas, but never had, but they could have space or touch or social issues. And so sometimes the surrogate will go step by step by step and even role play with them of going out on a date uh, because for some it's social, it's really a social need. How do I ask people out? Where do we go? Um, and what happens or are we just gonna sit there? Sure, sure. You know, so yeah. that's because hard. Because our society doesn't really necessarily teach a lot of those steps. It's sort of like you're either doing it or you're not. Yep. But how yep. do you build up to that? And how do you build that bond? And how do you build up? I mean, I can remember... <laughs> I can remember times when I was with somebody and all of a sudden they'd be trying to satisfy me. And I felt like I was, I was in school doing a timed test, uh, uh. you know, like how quickly, how quickly could I get this done and get it right? That's we, we live in a society that's a lot about getting things right or not and making the grade and expectations and all kinds of things. So I can understand where that step-by-step and all that would be really important for mm -hmm. some people and for lots of people, and, maybe. 
and you are, I think all of us could benefit by that. All of us, the step-by-step in different stages of life. And so I've really appreciated learning from many different people, including you, (laughs) Miss Hazelton, including (laughs) you. Oh, haven't we Um, been through so much? Oh my God, haven't we? done some great great work together wow are those all of the eight types let's see all right affection social emotional intellectual aesthetic spiritual sexual there you go that's seven. Up, oh, up. Oh, you're you are better than i am okay let's see as uh there's affection social emotional intellectual aesthetic I'm missing one. Maybe playful. Oh, yes, that could be. Oh, physical. Physical, physical, different from sexual. Maybe. Yes, yes. Physical, it could be both, but physical could be like, I'm, you know, going to the beach or, oh, listening to music or making a meal together. And um, so that part, physical, yes, but- the physical could also be um, getting that massage that yes. isn't necessarily sexual. It's just right. physical. Or those yes. cuddle parties might be yes. sec- uh, physical and not necessarily, you know, not sexual. Absolute. Absolute. And for people who, have, for people who haven't been touched or cuddled, that's a big experience too. Yes. Um, or people who've lost a partner, um, and that that could be something that they miss immensely. Is that kind Absolutely. of connection? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think it's also important to say that just with lots and lots of things, um, I still I think that our experience is the most important thing, and so so some two people might be together for an activity and one might feel that it's very satisfying emotionally and the other might feel that it's very satisfying physically. So it's not necessarily that the, the people would say, okay, now we're doing this kind of intimacy and this kind of intimacy only. Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it might be different for the different people. Yes, yes. I don't really think of it as 50 50. Mm-mm. You could be doing an activity, and there could be all kinds of different thoughts and feelings and emotions that go with it, or the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. Or if somebody feels, I have to do this in any of those. Right. Oh, that's not good. No. That's, that's where the negotiation, the communication, I'll do this, but not this, or I'm not ready to do this. Um, so that part, is really interesting and there are some people who say i'm done with sex i don't want to do this anymore and by the way it could be men too mm-hmm. usually men usually men want sex more because they have more testosterone a larger sex center in the brain okay but that doesn't mean women don't like it um but some men and some women have said i'm done with the sexual i look at the other seven are you still wanting to share some of these with a partner? 
because you can do intimacy in many different ways. Um, Absolutely. So, Mm-hmm. Do you think what's doing that? it or not do, doing it or not doing it did when you were talking about taking the test because then do I did I pass or <laughs> fail? Yeah. Did I did I uh, uh am it's, I the best you've ever had? Oh, what a question to ask somebody. It's terrible. No, it's terrible. Yeah. You said yeah, there are three questions that are often good to ask. You used to talk about. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? Uh, well, Volker takes about 17 seconds to pull them up at 75 years old. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, the first one is always remember if you're asking somebody something that they speak in I statements or if you're sharing, you speak in I statements. Right. Not you statements. Mm-hmm. That's, I, liked this, I liked this part. My body didn't. Eh, respond this way so much maybe next time but my my body didn't respond and it isn't about you it's about my body maybe this time or maybe it has changed didn't respond so much this way so and that mm -hmm, question is what would you like to do is a third one so what would you like to do different or i would like to do this different so so the first question is what did you like it Mm -hmm. did what what in this experience Whatever the intimacies, what did you like or what did your body respond right. to in this? The second question is, is well, I'm, I'm, I wasn't so crazy. You could do that evaluating if you get food or in a restaurant. Exactly. Well, I, like, I like this part. We evaluate all the time. You know, I like this part. This. So I'm what not, would I'm you gonna... change was the second, right? What would you change or what would you... That's the third. That's the third oh, part. The oh, what's second this? one is saying what your body or spirit was didn't respond to. Okay. First third is what did you is, like? What didn't you like? Yes. Exactly. Okay. And now the third one is you're very correct. What would you change? Now, the other person doesn't have to change it, but what you are getting into is a really emotional and also suggestions. It's not just complain, complain. Let's see. Are there things we want to do different? Do you want to try something different? Right. And there are people who've said to me, um, uh, I don't want to have sex anymore. But if my spouse or partner wants to have an open relationship, okay, I'm okay if it's just sex. And so now comes the boundaries. And not in our house, here comes the boundaries. So some people will see the boundaries that happen with that. Other people have open relationships. And so I have to see um, where their relationship is strong. Where, where is it strong? So if you're going to make a change in any part, what's individually, tell me your strength. What do you know is your strength? And as a team or couple, what is your strength? And so mm-hmm. that part, then you can look at if we make changes, all right, we check in, we check in. Very interesting. It, yeah, it would be like if somebody had to take a new medication. The doc or the nurse practitioner is going to ask about any changes. It, and I call it the good, the bad, the ugly is 
hi, what good things have happened with this medication? Are there any negative side effects you don't like? And could there be anything else besides meds that you might want to try? So that part, we do this all the time. We evaluate all kinds of things. So I encourage people, share what's going on for you, not with the whole world, people you mm -hmm. trust. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also um, be sensitive to what's been changing in your life. Be compassionate. Right. Because even as you've said to me before uh, about, you know, some different things that you've um, experienced that, you know, it, it could turn the volume down on one thing, but it might yes. turn the volume up on another so that it's sure. really, really, really special still. It doesn't mean that it's all just gone away or, you know, in a bad kind of way. No, and and my husband's okay if I say this, you know, David, and um, he at 47 had his first heart attack. Uh, we've been together for now 44 oh, years, I think. Oh and, um, I know. and he had his first heart attack at 47 because he had diabetes. And if you understand diabetes, it's about blood flow. Mm -hmm. And so he hasn't gotten erection by himself since that time. Viagra worked for a while. We spoke for Pfizer for a while, and then it didn't. So also, that's why evaluating. Now, if he wants an erection, he has to give himself a shot to the penis. Now, he's fine for me to say all this because mm. he's talked to lots of people about it. Oh. And yet we've learned, we've learned, we can still hold, kiss, hug, have sex, even with not an erection. Um, there's all kinds of ways to make love. So I've learned Beautiful. both personally and you're talking about, you know, things you went through Debbie, personally and professionally. And I can't make the assumption everybody's going to do the same thing that David and I have done. I can't. Right, right, right. Sure. But I do want to see um, how the eight types of intimacy, even if one may be affected in some way and those touches. Okay. And the communication model, absolute, absolute. So, um, yay, you. One, yay, you did. one last question mm -hmm. that's been on my mind is, do you think, or how do you think that all this with COVID and social distancing and what's been going on over the last couple of years, I guess... I can't help but think that a lot of people have been affected by not getting enough touch, not getting touched. And I wonder if if you think that's true. And if so, how is that impacting or going to impact um, as time goes on in our like our mental health? And what are our textbooks going to look like? 10 years um, from now. That's a really, really good observation and question because um, lots of people have stopped during COVID, stopped well, doing social things, getting massaged, getting their hair done, okay, by somebody um, that they used to go to. Mm -hmm. And socially, whew, that has affected. Yeah. In fact, people are just getting back um to doing things together, like even to going to some restaurants 
and where they wouldn't before uh, during COVID. So what I think is a part of it, just my opinion, and I'd love to see a piece of research about this, is um, what has happened with these eight types of intimacy during COVID? What has mm -hmm. happened for positive, negative, or I don't know, but this has happened, okay? And also, um, are you doing anything different step-by-step step, uh, during COVID or because people are coming back together? Now, people are still getting COVID, all right? Mm -hmm. um, one of our granddaughters had, one of our sons had during that time, and they're both fine now. We're grateful. Um, and uh, that part is um, what's going to happen as people go through this, through this. And there's a lot of variations of COVID, a lot of yeah. variation of viral things that are happening. Um, but how has that changed individual viewpoints and in, in those eight types of intimacy for people individually and with friends and socially? And you are so correct. Um, I was talking to a massage therapist who said, boy, did my, did my uh, business go down during COVID? <laughs> and yes, just, um, just because of the fear. And I understand, I understand. Well, um, even even being in stores and those lines mm -hmm. on the floors mm -hmm. and insisting on that six foot um, or beyond mm -hmm. between people. I mean, I just think that and the masks uh, where what? people haven't been able to look at each other and yep. even on babies, I've heard. I mean, that's just yes. wow. What an impact. What an impact on people not being able to see smiles and make eye contact. Oh my okay. gosh. Oh my yep. gosh. And also in some schools um, where children had to be separated by that distance yeah. and then homeschooled and then getting back together. And what are the fears that people have uh, around it? Well, and so, yes, that's going to be interesting to see what happens Oof. well uh, even more sensitive boundaries and fear of catching mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. a major mixed uh lot of stuff so yeah i just and i even wonder with all this violence and the shootings i wonder how much pent up emotion is in these people who are so angry who are doing oh, these yeah. things Oh, my oh gosh. Yes. yeah. Because also remember behind anger, there is something much more vulnerable. Yes. And I'm not saying people should get angry and shoot people. I'm no. certainly not saying, but I do know anger by itself is a natural feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm really pissed off at this. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a natural. What you do with that. Anger is again most important. But I agree with you, Deb. I just think that um, people can act out in more violent ways because um, they really have strong feelings. Not because what they're doing is always right, but they do have strong 
feelings or how they were raised, you know, um, was also um, really important. Um, my I worked with someone who said, my father always hit my mother. So I learned to just stay out of his way. And what he said is, um, I wondered if I would be someone hitting someone because mm -hmm. I watched father doing that sure yes yes and i said that's important to talk about your feelings and then what do you do and you could get angry you certainly do it doesn't mean you have to hit people right you may have to reframe in your brain um what do you want to do when you get angry because that's a normal feeling for a lot that's of people. beautiful Ooh. yeah yeah, and I think you were saying to find nonviolent ways. Yes. Nonviolent. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which is why um, I get really upset when I still see a lot of discrimination um, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are many nonviolent ways to participate, maybe by supporting a group or maybe by going out and do the walks mm -hmm. or the protests that are nonviolent. Um, or talking about it with other people. Absolutely. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, and, oh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, I didn't say a lot at the very beginning about um, who you are and what you do, but I can certainly put anything in the notes, but do you want to say anything about, um, either how people can find you or, or who you are and what it is. I mean, cause you, you have done so much and um, you continue to do so much with for many different kinds of people. Are you still taking new people? Well, yes. Um, I'd be um, mostly at home now or by zoom because we had to close down um, during COVID a Hollywood office. Hollywood, Florida. And um, I started out, we have Women's History Month coming up in March. So um, I always ask people, who who was your role model? Who, when you were growing up, did you want to be like? And I wanted to be like Annie Sullivan. She taught Helen Keller. Yes. And I just grabbed onto the role model and, and image. And I said, I want to be her. So I did get my undergraduate master's training um, in deaf education and special ed. And so I worked with many, many students. Uh, and I always wanted to include um, information about your body, public, private parts, control by the brain, heart in between, and safety. And safety, all right? And there's three types of safety. Here comes another number. There's physical safety, emotional or heart safety, and sexual safety. And yeah. for a little kid, I'm not saying you should go out and have sex, but if somebody's touching you <laughs> on your private parts inappropriately or somebody you shouldn't be, you go tell. You go tell someone. And when they brought me words off bathroom walls, I thought, holy cow, I don't have any training in this, uh, except my parents. My father was a minister. And in those days. Uh-oh. It says you left. Oh, gosh. I hope... I think it's the internet. Oh my gosh. Well, she might be able to pop back in and hopefully 
I can admit her into, oh my gosh, let's see. Mm. Mm. Oh, good. Now you're here. Let's see. Are you in? Are you in? Yeah, I'm here. Can you you're back? Me? Okay, because it said you left. Okay. Beautiful. I don't know something, but I just wanted to say it was actually the deaf students who brought me words off bathroom walls. Yes. And then I got my doctorate. We had to go nine years back and forth to San Francisco because that was one of the only places that had it. And so I got to learn a lot from a lot of people around the world. I was very pleased. And so we got to teach in medical schools, in um, in talking in many institutions. I think it's where I met you, Deb. Yes, we yes, we did. You you got me involved in some of that. Yes. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it. Always, always. And um, the... Uh, I don't know if you'll remember this, but so I remember when somebody asked, sometimes people ask, I say weird or holy cow. And I remember they asked you, do blind people have sex? And I wanted to look at them and go, what? Why are you saying? And you said, you, you just came out with the, the funniest, well, manually, of course, that was your first word. And then we, <laughs> manually, and then we went on to talk about all of the um, uh, sexuality issues. I might, I, I might, I might have also said because I often wanted to say when people would say, "Well, how do blind people do it?" I yes. want, I would sometimes say, "It's okay as long as you're okay with sticking it in the ear." <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Now we have ear jobs. Oh now we God. have ear. ear I, love it. I love it. I oh love it. <laughs> and I, I've been very fortunate because. Um, we started the first women's history group at Miami-Dade um, downtown campus. We started the first um, uh, LGBT group, teen group there because of three gay young men who wanted a place to meet. And I asked them, where did they meet? And they were like 15 years old, like my 51-year-old son was 15 at the time. And um, they said they, I know, Matthew, no. Can you imagine? Remember, I met him when he was 12. Yes, yes. Wow, and Adam was two. Oh yes, yes. And now they're both grown-up men with their <gasps> spouses and children. And Matthew's <laughs> a counselor and teacher in school systems. So th that's an interesting see to see young people that you knew and worked with. And so we got to teach together in lots of places. And I was so grateful to be able to co-teach with you, Deb, and oh, many other people who yeah. share their experience. I mm -hmm. call, I call when people ask you that question, and I like the ear response now. I know what I'm going to tell them what my friend Debbie's going to say. So um, that, but they got to see real experts to me, that went real experts, what we go through in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, then um, we started the first AIDS project here. Um, and um, so I've been very blessed to be in many situations. I'm comfortable to go into very religious arenas because that was my background growing up. Uh, and my first husband, we had a church here in North Florida. And um, that part, um, we also got involved with a Pedro Pan, getting the kids to safety. And um the farm workers, getting them information. So again, 
but I've never done this by myself, Daddy. It's been a team. Oh. I call it the dream team. Yeah. The dream team. And you are part of that. Oh, I'm because so honored. I yeah. Cannot cannot do this by myself. Cannot. But I still mm -hmm. like to talk to parents and taking in cases. But because we train students, I also like to refer. I like That's to really, refer. And that's yeah. fine. People open doors for me. And I want to pay that forward. Well, Absolutely. and you do, although, oh my gosh, you are legendary in your, in your style, your approach, you know, I, I know you refer and I'm sure there are good people out there, but there's no one, there's just no one like you. And, you know, I remember knowing that you grew up with a minister as a father and with your first husband as a minister, and then you got with, you got with David and, you know, yep. uh, you grew up as Lutheran and David is Jewish. And so yes. you, I know you celebrate both holidays in your home in all of them, all of them. And but I remember one day hearing you and I thought, you know, you are still out there doing the sort of the religious thing. And I say that sort of with um, tongue in cheek, here I go sounding like body, but, oh, and, and I remember, I remember thinking you're still out there saying you can be healed of your sexuality or anything that's bothering you. You can be healed. Yep. yep. If you got the right dream team. Absolutely. Absolutely. One, one time I introduced you, one time I introduced you in something we did and, and I said that you do all these, all these different things, like, um, I'm trying to remember what they were, but they were things like, um, I don't even remember, but they all had the things you've done with ATED, that you had done all these things with ATED. And I said, it's amazing that all these words that describe you and what you've done have ATE in them. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that is true. That is true. Um, that, and I've been very, very, very fortunate to really continue. Um, and now we have some really, oh, um, I'm just going to say this line. We have some really, um, in our state, pretty um, scary new laws that have been suggested and implemented. So we, we seem to be going backward. Oh, no. Where... Oh, yeah, yeah, where teachers can't teach, um, like, we don't teach little kids in kindergarten, first grade, how to have sex. That is not. But if they had, or or um, the, suge the suggestion was, well, if you talk about uh, transgender kids, you're, you're making oh a kid transgender. And I said, that's not how it works. That is really not. Um, but... Um, if my parents told me that God loves all people, all, that means all to me. That mm -hmm. means all to me. Doesn't I have to agree with everything, but if you're to value all, that was what I was taught. And, and so that I value about the message. Right. Um, grateful. And the interesting part is when you talked about David, he's a business guy. And he happens to be Jewish. And I always tell Christian people, Jesus was Jewish. That's right. He was not, he was not a white Christian Thank boy, you. English. Yeah. Not. Right. And that doesn't mean you can't 
honor Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. But please learn some history and yeah. don't discriminate. Don't discriminate. So right. that that part. Oh yes, and I yeah. look forward to to talking to you more and also mm -hmm. I look forward to training with you more. Yay you. Yay. And I love, I love that you have a podcast. Yay oh, you. Me too, me too. And it's called This Time Around because it's always possible for things to be different this time around than what it was oh, even it. 5 minutes ago or last year or last lifetime or however it is that you the listener and all of us experience. I think e-learning, experience learning is where it's really I at. Love I love that. That's great. I'm doing sign language for congratulations. Yay. Language oh. for stars. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I you and I collect stars. I know. How Hi. can people how can people reach you? How do you want them to reach you? Oh, well, I you can go right on my email and you'll remember it because I tell people to be safe. So it's be safe with my initials, MV, be safe, MV at gmail.com. Okay, that's great. That's wonderful. All right, I will put that in the show notes as well. And I can't oh, thank, thank you. you enough, my wonderful friend. Oh, I just well. thank you profusely. I love you so much. Sending love and thank you and for having this and you're welcome. And all the listeners, oh, enjoy their sexuality. Be safe out there. Be safe. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.